Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Have you ever gone to somebody's home and uh, maybe it's not as clean as it should be and you got to spend the night? Oh. And I go, oh, I don't know that I can get through this. But people are online talking about uh, red flags that you'd see in somebody's home, things that w- would concern you right? about their house, like no hand soap in the bathroom. Okay. Or no towels to dry your hand. I've yeah. been in that situation. Well, they have one little dainty one. Yeah. That's <laughs> just, it's, you look at it and you think, how many people have, have touched this, <laughs> touched this thing? Yeah. It, it looks like, uh, you know, like the old bathrooms, uh, uh, public washrooms that had like that roll. Right. That the rolling like, towel. Look, look like ditch. <laughs> <laughs> like tiny whities stretched into a roll is yeah. what it looked like. It's and you're so like, gross. why the hell would I use this thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's when you just use the front of your pants. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather walk out shaking. Taking off whatever the hell was on it. Water, hopefully. Um, A dirty toilet, of course, is a red flag. Trash piled upon the trash can. Mm -hmm. A lot of crap on the counter, sort of hoarding. Now, listen, you go to somebody's house and they got some dirty dishes in the sink, a little clutter. That's one thing. But you go in and there's pizza boxes everywhere and crap all over the place. Right. I've uh, listen. I went to university. I've been to houses like that for sure. Um, and I told you the story of, of going over to stay with some friends and brand new house. Like mm-hmm. would never have seen it coming, but they were throwing us like downstairs in the uh, the teenage daughter's room. I'd be checking into a hotel, and it was uh, it, it was shocking. Yeah. And, and amazing that they're adults with a teenage daughter. You would think, well, we probably should go in there and clean that up a bit. Right, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I don't, when you're, when you're in university, when you're 20, 21, yeah, you're a pig. You yes. just are. But when you're 41. Yeah. You know, you've kind of grown out of that. Plus, if you own a home, there's pride of ownership. Should be. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we were house shopping a few times in our, uh, in our moving, uh, history. You go into homes and people, this is a showing. People be sitting on their couch watching TV and they're a lazy boy within their underwear. Dishes in the sink, toilets not flushed. I find it amazing. And not only, I I understand, I've been through that too. And I'm sure real estate agents have horror stories of going through houses that are unprepared or their clients being unprepared for showings trying to sell the home. But uh, even... Like online, because I love going online, looking through, you know, what's available, what homes are out there, and and even some really nice big ones, the the dream ones. Why do you do this to yourself? I don't know. (laughs) To remind myself how unsuccessful I've been. It's like when I take, when Marie and I were first engaged and I would drive her around to nice neighborhoods, I actually did this. I drove her around to nice neighborhoods and I pointed at beautiful homes and said, we will never live there. Right. Well, and... I can understand, like if you're trying to sell your home and uh, and it's an a, an ongoing process, yeah. and it's taking a little longer. It's not just a one night of showings or whatever. It's tough if you got kids, you got life and family to keep that perfectly mm-hmm. pristine and and uh, what do they call it staged, yep, staged all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, but there's some who can't pull it together for the photo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if you can't clear out the clutter off of your bathroom vanity mm. to take one picture to try and sell your home for over a million dollars. Yeah. 
What is wrong with I you? I think it's probably at a point now. I paid I paid three hundred grand for this. I'm going to get a million. I'm going to poop on the floor. Somebody's right. still going to pay a million bucks for it. I guess it. so. And a lot of real estate agents need to learn how to work a camera as well. Oh my goodness! I mean, I've never been in a home good enough for a drone. You see some of those. <laughs> Say to my agent, are we, uh, are we incorporating the drone into no, the... No. Uh, no. If there's a drone over your house, it's <laughs> dropping a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. <laughs> By now, you've uh, probably heard, if you're a Mean Girls uh, fan, Lindsay Lohan's surprise cameo in the new Mean Girls. Now, they had the original Mean Girls movie with Lindsay Lohan. Then they had the Broadway musical... Now I guess the new Mean Girls movie is based on that musical. And if you're upset that I've ruined and I've spoiled the Lindsay Lohan cameo in the new Mean Girls, go complain to your grandmother. Right. Or your mommy. Uh-huh. Uh, anyhow, that acting business, it pays well. She was on set for half a day to film her cameo, and she got paid 500 grand. Wow. Yeah. Not bad at all. Not bad money. <laughs> I bet she was a pleasure to be around for half a day. Well, yeah, I guess she supposedly, she's married now and got a kid. Yes. I think she's pulled a bit of the Paris Hilton. She's turned a leaf. Settled into motherhood and being respectable and put down the baggie of cocaine. Right. Um, well, and listen, I mean, Justin Bieber, I think, said it in, his, in the roast they did of him. You know, you hand a, a 15-year-old $200 million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> Everyone goes through their, their trials and tribulations, especially in their late teen years, mm-hmm. your experimental mm-hmm. stage with whatever, but not a lot of you have the uh, bankroll to back it all up. No, well, that's exactly true. When you think back to when you were 17... 16 and the stupid things you did. Yeah, you're right. Right. <laughs> if you had if you had a couple of million dollars to celebrate your 19th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have seen my 20th. <laughs> or I would have seen it in jail. Uh, when Kieran Culkin won his Emmy for Succession Monday night, he ended his acceptance speech by asking his wife, Jazz, for more kids. They already have two, and she had actually told him she might agree to more if he won the Emmy. Oh, well, Kieran now admits he shouldn't have done that. Instead of just talking to her in private like a human, I just blasted her on stage, which was very quite rude. And they got two kids, and they're named like Wolf Dog and Sunflower or something stupid like that. Yeah. I think the law needs to step in <laughs> and say, until you can actually name a kid James or Peter, you're not having any more. But he is a Culkin, and I think there's seven of them all with odd names. Right. Uh, before Ed O'Neill became an actor... He almost joined the mob. Uh, he was signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1969, but he got cut during uh, training camp. And Ed wasn't unsure of what to do next. He reconnected with an old friend who offered him a job in organized crime. His friend said, I'll give you easy stuff. Just collect here. You do that. You run this. You drop something off here or there. You know, you may have to lean on a guy. You're good at that. You'll make some good money. Ed's, uh, Ed's dad talked him out of it by asking him if he could handle doing time. Ed's answer was a hard no, so he took off to New York to pursue acting, and the rest, of course, is history. Wow. So he was actually drafted by the Steelers? I guess that's how they did it in the Polk High School. <laughs> so, uh, Polk High, four touchdowns, that's one right. game was a real thing. That, that's right, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, it was it was uh, quite touching. I don't know if you saw it, the Emmys, but uh, uh, now, of course, I'm blanking on her name. The girl who played the daughter in Married with Children. Oh, Christina Applegate? Yes, thank you. Uh, she showed up to present an award, and of course, she's dealt with so many his, uh, health histories. Right. She had a double mastectomy and yeah. the, the MS, and she came walking out with a cane, but she was, you know, very self-deprecating. She got a standing ovation. It was all very nice. I didn't see it, and not many people did. Well, it was better than the Golden Globes, I'll right. give it that. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't see it either. I, I don't know what's going on in my house. I, this is award season. This is my time of year. But I miss the Golden Globes. I miss the uh, the Emmys. Well, we're, we're binging too many bingeable shows, and we're watching playing too much Switch Golf. Uh, yeah, but not only that, I don't know if the Emmys told anyone that they were on on Monday night. The oh, NFL really? told everyone there were playoff games. Not many oh, people sure. <laughs> were told the Emmys were even on. Yeah, Anthony Anderson did a, a fun little bit where you know normally they play the uh, music. They bring up the music when yes. uh, somebody's going too long. He had his mom in like the second row with a big sign telling people to shut up. Gotcha. When they were going too long, and that that played out fun a, a couple of times from the clips I saw. Uh, Jason Priestley has a Brad Pitt fun fact: he can go a long time without showering. Somehow I don't find that a surprise. Right. <laughs> he seems like the type of guy who would go without showers. Uh, they briefly lived together with a third roommate in the late 80s in a really crappy part of L.A., Jason says. And they used to play a game to see who could go the longest without showering. And Brad always won. <laughs> I think about it now and I'm like, man, that was disgusting. What were we thinking? It's kind of a gross thing to yeah. do. Especially when they're going out on auditions and stuff. Yeah, three guys in a little apartment not showering. That must have been pleasant. <laughs> Uh, Jason previously talked about living with Brad in his 2014 memoir. He said they lived on ramen noodles, generic beer, and Marlboro Lights because they were so broke. And both did okay. Yeah, although Jason is in that uh, Boreas Solomon thing, and I'm into episode five or six. It's, it is the worst. Oh, really? The acting <laughs> is so bad. Like, I, I don't get it. It's really bad. Right. Like, and these are, you know, he's in it. Like, he's a professional actor. He's yeah. done some good things. His part, not so much. The, all the guys who play Sittler and, uh, the, well, the guys Is it because so they're playing hockey players and dumb it down? Maybe they're dumbing it down. But just the way they, oh, you have to see it. It's, it just. Well, you're not really selling it. Um, well, you'll, you'll watch it because it's hockey. Right. And you'll probably get an erection from it, but I. <laughs> Well, we're barely into the new year, and we've already got our first massive scandal. The uh, record for the world's oldest dog might be bogus. Guinness oh. certified the record last January and said a dog in Portugal named Bobby was over 30 years old. Wow. He passed away in October, supposedly at age 31. But Bobby's legacy might forever be tarnished after Guinness just announced the record is now under review. Ooh. Yes, that's right. The refs are looking at the game tape. Dig him up. Yeah. His owner had a vet submit documentation that Bobby was born May 11th, 1992, meaning he died at 31 years and 165 days old. But after Bobby passed away, people started questioning those credentials. He was a livestock guardian dog. Okay. They usually live to 12 to 14 years, so 31 is uh, a lot more than that. Right. People also claim photos taken of him in 1999 show a dog with slightly different colored paws. Oh. Yeah. 
a uh, council member in the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons in England was pretty blunt when asked about it. He said, not a single one of my colleagues believes Bobby was actually 31 years old. Guinness put out a statement saying a formal review is underway. They've temporarily paused the record for the oldest living dog and oldest dog ever till they get this all ironed out. If uh, Bobby's record gets nullified, it would go to an Australian cattle dog named Bluey. She was born in 1910 and lived to be 29 and a half. Really? That's a, that's a rough life for Bluey, though. 1910? Yeah. To, was... to 1940? Oh, my goodness. 29 and a half was the average age of most humans back then. <laughs> True. Bluey, oh. Bluey outlived uh, his owner. But uh, but uh, what was the uh, what was this dog's name? Bobby. Bobby. Bobby in uh, in uh, Portugal. I wonder if uh, I wonder if it's a case of the parents, <laughs> the owners have some kids, and every now and then a new Bobby right. appears. Right. Right. <laughs> it was an episode of King of Queens. <laughs> That focused on that. And Doug, uh, Doug thought his family dog was the same dog from the time he was a kid. And now he's like in his forties. A lot easier to do with goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's happened in many a household with goldfish where, where new Bobby just happens to show up. Yeah. <laughs> Old Bobby takes a swim in the toilet bowl. It's probably one of the reasons, well, there's two reasons why, three reasons why I don't want another dog. One, I, I, I dry heave picking up the dog poop. Right. Two, I don't want the bills. Three, it's so heartbreaking when they mm. go. It, it, I really, I don't, I didn't blubber as hard over my parents passing. As I did over Little Murphy oh, dying. Oh man, it's it's uh, especially and it all depends on how it plays out. You know, he had some sort of stroke or something, and just we had to take him to the vet. We knew it was lights out, and just that whole process of sitting with him while they give him the needle. Right. Oh, it's, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, it, 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 it's. It's one where I I see the attachment already yeah. with with Coop and, and can't imagine as annoying as he can be at times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the decision to actually put someone down is a tough one. Your children will cry more over Coop going <laughs> than you. They'll be like, ah, it was time for the old man. Right. Sleeping naked is one of those things that you either do or you don't. I think we all experimented with it at some point. I know certainly I went for a period of time getting right down to the birthday suit. I don't know if I've ever, I, I mean, I'm sure I've done it once or twice, mm. but, uh, but never, uh, never a solid experiment on that. Really, huh? Well, I'm kind of gaseous. <laughs> if you haven't noticed. Oh, I've noticed. <laughs> Many of us have. <laughs> and so, <laughs> never felt comfortable hanging it all out there. I often think, how does Adrian put up with it? Hmm. I mean, maybe she's just gotten used to it. Well, she, we don't lift the covers <laughs> in our household. You have to stay very still. You, you, once you're in, yeah, into that Dutch oven, you keep that cover tight. Once the night nurse comes in and tucks you in. Yeah. Um, well, people were asked about sleeping naked compared to sleeping in pajamas. And it is found that people who sleep naked are more likely to be night owls. Which is not good if you're walking around the house naked. True. And more likely to watch horror movies. Oh. More likely to get nightmares. More likely to be satisfied with their sex life. Okay. And more likely to believe that their choice of sleepwear impacts the quality of their sleep. People who sleep naked seem bothered by clothing while sleeping. Now, I, I can tend to agree with that. Like, I... 
Maria will get into bed with a full hazmat suit on. Right. No, I can't do that. Like, I'm, I am down to, I got like house shorts, or, you know, uh, I can't even wear like track pants to bed. No. Gotta have the legs open. No, no. t-shirt. No socks. No socks. Yes, definitely. All right. Just down to like underwear and a pair of shorts. Yeah. That's enough. Oh, even the shorts. Yeah. I'm just boxers. You just right down to the boxers. Yeah. It depends on how much I've had to drink. <laughs> If I can maneuver into the shorts or just maneuver out of the pants. You just find the clothes strewn yeah. on a path towards the bed. I guess it also depends, too, if you've uh, had any of the loving. Because sometimes, you know, you're exhausted. Right. From that 45 seconds of an adventure. Can't find your clothes. No, the lights are out and you now you're scrambling around. Ah, so you just kind of roll over, curl up, cry and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a whole lot of effort. Anyhow, uh, yeah, that seems to be the one, one reason, the most, uh, I guess the number one reason for people who sleep naked is they just don't like being in clothing uh, while they're sleeping. Right. Seem kind of pretentious about it though. About sleeping naked? Well, is it, like, I mean, even those who are telling you about it, mm. like, I couldn't possibly have clothes on me. Yeah. I mean, you're putting sheets on you. Yeah, it's different though. I mean, I, I kind of get it. I, I I could never. I've owned pajamas. Maria's bought them for me in the past. But right. I never. I never. Yeah, I don't them. find them comfortable. It's just something else to get wrapped up in. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. I think Maria wears the hazmat suit just to <laughs> fend me off a little bit from pawing away. <laughs> That's at what her. the chastity belt still yeah. does. I worked with a guy once who admitted that he would sleep with a t-shirt on, but nothing from the waist down. Because well, that seems weird. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? But he would do it, he claimed, because if the sheets ever kind of got pulled down right. and his chest and stomach was exposed, he'd be cold. But the bottom part would still be covered. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, like, have you ever... I, I've been woken up because I'm hot mm-hmm. before. Uh, but I, I don't know if I've woken up because I'm freezing cold, unless no. unless the covers get pulled right off. See, I even like that feeling of getting into the sheets when they're cold. Right. I, I enjoy that. Maria hates it so much. Uh, I, I have to, there, some, sometimes if it's really cold like we're dealing with now, it's my responsibility to get into her side of the bed, roll around in the sheets and warm them up for her. You can buy her a, a heated mattress pad. I'm not buying her anything. <laughs> She's got enough already. He's on the line, Ted Reader, the godfather of the grill. Theodore, how are we on this nipply morning? Oh, it's a frosty, frosty day, but we're pretty good. We can't complain, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it is what it is. It's January, it's the middle of January, and it's cold. And Teddy, you, uh, of course can't complain because you're going to go watch some hockey. I'm uh, I'm heading to, to to Buffalo tonight to catch the Sabers and my favorite team, the Blackhawks. All right. Any chance uh, a wing will slip through your lips as you uh, make your way through Buffalo? Oh, more than one wing will slip <laughs> their way into my lips. Let me tell you that there's at least a pound in my future, possibly two, maybe even three. I got my my son with me, so we might even tackle a five pound bowl of wings. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Now, Teddy, with yeah. your wings, are you a straight up hot sauce guy, or do you like to mix it up maybe with some garlic parm or other uh, sauces? I'm I'm open to any kind of sauce and and flavor. I like my my wings crispy and salty, and then uh, I like sauces to dip in a variety okay. of different things. So that's that's my go-to for wings. I like them. Um, you know, I usually end up at Duff's. 
in uh, in Buffalo. I right. like that place. They make a good crispy fried wing, and uh, and then they have a variety of different sauces. But uh, I love the big bowl of celery and blue cheese dip. That's uh, mm-hmm. you know blue cheese dip down in Buffalo is a pretty special thing. There's a brand down there called Rooties. R O O T I E S, and uh, it they they make a it's a, a dip in dressing that's in a jar, and it's refrigerated, and it's awesome. It's wicked. Great product. So if you're down in the buff, look for some Rudy's. Hopefully you uh, you don't hear fire in Chictawanda, murder in Tanawanda, <laughs> and the Sabres do it again. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I remember hearing as a kid. Murder right. Weinstein at 7. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Beautiful Buffalo. Teddy, well, uh, so you mentioned uh, deep-fried uh, wings, and I guess when you go to a pub... Uh, most times they would be deep fried, but when you're making wings at home, uh, I found the smoker to be probably the easiest in terms of keeping the uh, the flames down. Well, you've got you've got that pellet smoker, right. right? And it's a great way to do wings. One, it's a it's a almost a set it and forget it. You get your temp, you get that nice smokiness in there, and you can crank the temperature and up. Uh, pie enough so that you can get them to be nice and crispy on the outside and it's a great way to do them what we do at the at the joint is uh is we we brine them we take our wings we brine them in a mixture of uh, apple cider and my bone dust brine and water and they sit for 24 hours in that brine they get extra juicy and pick up some flavor and moisture and then we smoke them and we finish them in the fryer but i think you know when you've got uh, a grill out there a smoker like a pellet smoker you got an easy way to make really really tasty wings when i do them at home and i do them in the oven uh, 425 degrees. I season up my wings with whatever rub I want to put on them, and then I put them on a on a wire rack in a pan, above a pan, so that the fat drips down and you get a really crispy wing all the way around. Mm. And if your oven has a convection setting, it's just as good as like the air fryer, and you can get more in an oven than you can an air fryer. Didn't know if you guys knew that. I didn't know that. No, right. I, uh, I started a fire in my oven the other night, so that I almost burnt my house to the ground, which was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, literally. No, I had, uh, we had ordered pizza. Friday night is now our, our order in, our takeout night. And uh, I ordered pizza, and uh, we picked it up. Hang on, hang on. You almost burned down your house ordering pizza? Yes, because what happened was we had the type of oven that has the upper oven with the smaller. Yes. And then the lower full oven. And I love this oven because you can be cooking things up at the top oven and down at the bottom. But mostly we keep stuff warm in the top oven. And I have forever thrown pizza boxes into that top one. That's not a good idea. But but forever. I mean, this is the first time this happened. And I set it on and (laughs) Maria goes... Uh, something's burning, and we open the oven door, and flame shoots right out of the oven. I stand there jumping around like a four-year-old, turning around in circles. Maria goes hands in like a firefighter, pulls the whole burning box out, dumps it into the sink, turns the tap on, and kills it. And I go, not good work, Maria. I go, oh, now you ruined the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Right. You, you know, I got the ear pathetic. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it just really comes down yeah. to like, you know, yeah. setting your house on fire by putting the pizza box in the oven on high. It's just right. not working there, man. You know, yeah. 
you know, the the Durham firefighters don't need to be coming to your house every week. Well, I realize, and I know this all the time, because when anything goes down that's like an immediate emergency, I just go into full turtle, mm. and Maria has to jump in and save the day. I would have long died. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you if it wasn't for Maria. No, you saw it up at the joint when I got involved with you guys helping to make the big sauce. Who was in there with their hands stirring? I'm standing away from the fire because it's too hot. You know, same when I made, we went up there and we made the honey. Uh, when we were helping yeah. uh, Doug Summers do the honey. Well, I think a lot of that is born out of just your pure laziness. Yeah. But well, yeah. this one is yeah. more a desire not to help. In a, you're like a stand Well, he's been right? afraid of his life. shadow his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get some fire blankets that in that house of yours, I, think I probably need them. Well, the other thing, too, is it's how you were raised. But the lovely Maria, being of Italian descent, they grew everything. They did everything. They did a lot. My, we did nothing. My, my, I don't know that my father owned a, a shovel. Like right. we, he one time, this is true, and this is how I operate, Ted. little background into Craigie. One year, in the, in the early part of the year, in January, he went outside, my dad, to take down the Christmas lights. My mom calls him from inside to say that there's a phone call for him. He gets down off the ladder and goes into the house and takes the call. That ladder and those Christmas lights stayed there hanging off the east trough till the spring. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, now we understand you, Ven. Now we understand you. That's how yeah, we are. You need a manual. I you really need a manual. <laughs> I need a manual for sure. A big one. All right, Teddy, if people want to talk wings, uh, grilling, or how not to start fires in their house, how do they get a hold of you? <laughs> uh, you're going to find me at Ted Grills in the social media world. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.